finished last week with Colossians 3.17, so I want to pick up there. Colossians 3.17, I'm going to read that from the Passion Translation to you. Again, last week we talked about being imitators of God and how, through the power of Christ living in us, the hope of glory, that can happen. Amen? So, you got something living in you that's cool and big, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ came not only to empower you with his blood and with who he is, but then he took you into heaven's glory and seated you with him already, it says in Ephesians 2.6, in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So your spirit is already seated in the heavenlies and you've already become one with Christ Jesus. And everything that Jesus Christ has, you have already because you're an heir of God and joint heir with Christ. And so those things are issues that we need to really impress and push into the the body of Christ because it's hard for us when we're living on this earth and walking in flesh suits that we can actually live and understand this. So I'm going to take it to a practical application like I said, but let me read Colossians 3.17. Let every activity of your lives and every word, every word, hmm, that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Wow, what a good word. Every word that comes from our mouth, everything that comes from our lips, let it be drenched with the anointing of Jesus Christ. Again, sounds like an impossible task, but with Christ in us, He does the work when we yield to Him. Amen? So, Here's another way that Jesus said it. Out of the treasure of your heart, your mouth will speak. And Jesus said that in the, in the Gospels. So what's in the treasure of your heart will come out of your mouth. Colossians 4.6, which I didn't read last week, but I want to read it. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. You know where we're going today. We're going to talk about how do we allow Christ, who lives in us, and his righteousness is in us, to take control of this. Because in James it says that our mouths and our tongues are an unruly evil, and that how can a, a ship, a giant ship, be turned with such a small rudder? How can we be turned with such a small thing as our tongue? But I'm going to tell you, there's power in the tongue. Matter of fact, the tongue of God created all life of the universe. And it's our tongues that have created power because Christ is in us. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. Now listen to this. If you just get this one, these two verses, you've got it for the day. Listen to these two verses that Jesus says. Listen, Jesus said these things to his disciples. But I say to you that every idle word that men speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Pretty straightforward. I really, how can you add commentary to that? By what you say out of your mouth, you're going to be justified before God. So it's out of the treasure of the heart. So if we allow Christ to be the treasure of our heart, our words will speak the things of God. If we allow our flesh to rule and reign in our heart, what happens is we, out of the treasure of our heart, what's ruling in our heart, we speak. And so a lot of times we're speaking flesh because we're allowing flesh to rule and reign over us. And it's a simple process in yielding just to the power of God within us, Christ within us. 
Word, words are going to make you, and your words are going to break you. Something's going to happen. Either you're going to be made or broken by your words. Words are going to heal you, or words are going to make you sick. According to the Bible, words will either destroy you, or they'll bring your life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and you're going to eat the fruit of your mouth. That's uh, Proverbs uh, 18.21. I want to just read something. I've read it before, but again, it's Jesus speaking, and he says this in Mark 11.23. For verily, so he's saying, hey, listen, verily is a word like, so most assuredly, or listen, I want you to get this. And he says this, for verily I say unto you, so he, now he's saying something to us, so listen. That whatever you shall say unto this mountain. So he's already saying, whatever you say to the mountain. And how many of you have had mountains in your life, crises in your life? How many of you have had issues in your life? Come on, if you haven't, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Every one of us have. So whatever you say to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatever you say. Again, no commentary can really be added to that. Jesus is saying it like this. I guess I'll break it down into real small. Whatever words you say, you'll have. Is that what he was saying? Yes, it was. So whatever words come out of your mouth, you're going to have it. Your yesterday words are forming where you're at today. And you're saying, you're, really, come on. But the Word of God is saying this, not me. Now, I talked to you as many, many years ago about an experiment where these Christians, they said, let's try this out. So they took this rice and put it in a jar and they put, I don't know what they added to it, but they put something in the jar and they closed the top. And they put it over here, and then they put some rice in a jar and closed the top, sealed it up, and put it on this side. And on this one, they would say blessings over the rice. You're, you're fruitful, you're good, you're not going to go bad. You're going to be good rice. You're going to be edible rice. And they left that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this one, they cursed it and said, you're decaying, you're rotten, you're going bad. And they would speak over... Now, you're, you guys are, you know what? Try it in your own homes if you don't believe this. That rice that they were speaking curses over went bad. This rice never went bad. There's power in the words. Matter of fact, scientists are now finding out that there's something in the power of a word that creates atoms and, and molecules to flow in such a way that it hits things, and there's creative power in it. Well, we knew that in the book of Genesis. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be waters. And God said, let there be animals. And God said, let there... And God said, and God said. We knew that to be true. But when we have Christ in us, when we speak, we better be careful what we're speaking. Because the anointed one lives within us and our words are very, very, very powerful. And will either create death and life. And I've, I've spoken on this many, many times. But, so I don't want to get into real detail in this area. You all know this. 
the scriptures are clear. But let me read a couple more scriptures to you. Proverbs 21:23. Watch your words and be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how little trouble you'll have. Watch your words, be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised at what little trouble you'll have. You know what? I see Christians all the time who do almost all the, the good things. You know, they're tithing, they're making their offerings, they're, they're praying, they're in the Word of God. But then you listen to how they speak they're out of their mouth, and they're gossiping, they're running down their neighbors. Oh, but, but we're doing it in, in the spirit of prayer. Or they're running down the pastor after the message, or they're running down this church or that church or the neighbor over here. Ouch. <laughs> and they wonder why they're in the state that they're in. I'm going to tell you why you're in the state you're in. It's because your mouth has gotten you into trouble. Big time. Let me read Proverbs 12:18. It says, Reckless words are like the thrust of a sword. Cutting remarks meant to jab and to hurt, but words of the wise soothe and heal. In other versions, it says, the tongue of the wise brings health. When you're speaking the things of God and out of his wisdom and allowing Christ within you to speak through you, you're going to bring health, not only to yourself, but you're going to bring health to other people. The fastest way I know to bring health and healing on somebody else is to begin to speak that over them. Let's, the fastest way I know to get that building up is to speak that I see that building up within the next month. I see it, the picture of it. I see it growing. I see the people coming together. I see the funds coming in and begin to speak into God's kingdom those words. Power is in my words because Christ is in me and that power lives in me. And those words are important. Now, let me take you into some practical applications of this. How many of you have ever been, don't raise your hand, how many of you have ever been hurt by words? Come on, we got social media out there, we got Facebook, we got Twitter, we got all this stuff out there. Even the texts that you guys send. Many of you have been hurt by words. Even printed words. And if you haven't been hurt by words yet, you will be. Here's the first thing I want to share with you in the practical application of this. Do not speak about your brothers and sisters in Christ in a negative way, ever. Ever. For God sees them as they shall be. God sees them not in the flesh, but God sees them as he created them in his image and in his glory. And for us to speak negatively to, about our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're speaking negatively against God. And you wonder why you're having issues? You're speaking against God's beautiful creation. If they're having issues in their life, if they're having problems in their life, speak life over them. Edify them. Build them up. Never, never, never speak down to a brother and sister in Christ. And matter of fact, it's in the book of Jude, but Michael the archangel was contending for the body of Moses with the devil himself. And in the book of Jude, Michael the archangel would not bring a railing accusation against the devil himself. He would not even slander the devil, who deserves, well, you would think deserves slandering. He says, no, the Lord rebuke you. Michael the archangel wouldn't even bring a slandering remark against a fallen angel, Lucifer, the devil. Because he knew that 
I, it's not for me to slander. It's not me, for me in my mouth to say those things. The Lord rebuke you. Never speak negatively and down. And I'm not just talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, but anyone. Anyone. You get hurt. Let me read some scriptures about this. I know some of you, and I know how... It's none of you here, so I'm, I'm glad it isn't. But the, I know there's some people else, somewhere else, that kind of, they'll run over this person's house and that person's house, and they'll get around with that person and this person, and they'll start saying negative things about, you know, the body of Christ, or this church, or that church, or this Christian. Let me read to you a scripture. This is for you, if you've ever done that. And I know nobody here has, but I'll just read it out into the atmosphere. Dear friends, as part of the God's family, never speak against another family member for when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. That's in James chapter 4, verse 11. Let me read it again. James chapter 4, verse 11 says, Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against a family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. That's, well, let's go into James 5, 9. Let's read that one. James 5.9 says it this way, Since each of you are part of God's family, never complain or grumble about each other so that judgment will not come on to you. For the true judge is near and very ready to appear. It's saying that when you grumble and complain about somebody else, that the true judge is very near. And watch out. Watch out. Because judgment may come on you. A lot of times what happens with our mouth is when we start speaking negatively on the people. Matter of fact, we had a 40-day neg negativity fast here uh, probably a year, year and a half ago where we just committed not to speak anything negative and only to speak the words of God. That lines up with Colossians 3.17. When you speak negatively, what you're doing is you're giving the enemy an open door and a right to access that door. When you speak the word of God, you're allowing the words of God in Christ to then hit that situation. Now, what would be better? This person offended me, and believe me, I've been there. I, this person really did. I'll give you a story. This person offended me, and they deserved to, I mean, it was their fault, and they offended me. And I had a right to complain. And I was starting to complain to other people. And the Lord checked me and said, I want you to start praying for that person. <laughs> I was like, Lord, pray for them. Do you know what they did? Pray for that person. Heard it over and over again. And it took a few times for me to get it. As I began to pray for that person and put blessings on that person, almost immediately, within just a few days, the whole situation changed. The person came to me. Now, now this may not happen all the time. That person came to me and apologized and became a very close friend. I began to speak life and pray over them and speak blessings on them. That, those blessings hit that situation. It broke off the negativity. It broke off the anger. It broke off that situation. And there was restoration. Again, I can't say it's always going to be restoration. But I can tell you this. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I will repair, pay. I'd rather give it to God and let God deal with it. And the other thing that happens when we keep negativity in our life 
is that they've now proven that anxiety and worry causes about 96 to 97 percent of all sickness in humans. When you take things on yourself, it brings anxiety and it brings worry into your life. How many want to be free of sickness? Speak life. Speak health. Amen? So, again, don't talk about your sisters and brothers in Christ. Do build them up. Speak over them. If you find yourself in that position where you're getting nailed by people and they're saying negative things to you, and you've even, they've even written negative things about you, and I, again, I know some, especially the young folks in the Facebook stuff and everything, there's a lot of cyberbullying going on and a lot of nonsense that goes on and a lot of negativity, and it's just silly. And, but if you're ever at the end of that, I'm getting it, just remember that Jesus delivered you from people bondage, and it's not what they say that really matters. What really matters is what God says about you. And I'm going to tell you what God says about you. He created you and fashioned you out of his ever lasting, never-ending love. And he has a plan and a mission and purpose for you. And no matter what people say or no matter what they write about you, they can't change what God has for you. God has good for you all the time. And you can expect things and expect to hear things, but expect to hear what God is saying about you and not what other people are saying about you. Amen? Don't take that negativity. Proverbs uh, 26.2 says, like a Fluttering sparrow and a darting swallow, an undeserved curse, will not come to rest. If you don't take that curse from them and you begin to speak life on it, all of a sudden it becomes Teflon onto you. I'm not going to receive it. I'm not going to wallow in it. I'm not taking that curse. I'm not taking those words. I'm not going to receive them. I'm receiving what Jesus says about me. I'm receiving what God has said. I'm allowing his Holy Spirit to fill me with the words of the word of God. When that happens to you, that curse, those words can't stick on you. They fall. It says that curse can't get you. How many of you want to live free of words and curses and all that junk? Here's the answer. If you don't accept it and you speak life over yourself and speak the words of God over yourself and believe the words of God over yourself, they can't touch you. No matter how negative they are, no matter what they say, no matter what happens, they can't touch you. Because of the Christ who lives in you, the righteous one, the almighty king of the universe, and what he says and what he believes about you. Believe the truth. Don't believe their lies. God always says better anyway. Always says better about you than what you can ever think or imagine. The next area, practical. Spiritual and physical health. I don't know how many times I've prayed for people who've had issues in their life, diseases in their life. And we get all fired up in the, in the word and we command those things to leave in the name of Jesus. And I see healing come on the folks and they walk out the door and then the enemy starts playing with their mind. And as they leave here, they're healed. But then they, a month, two weeks, three weeks later, that same thing starts to try to come back and they believe it and they begin to speak it over themselves. I've heard people say, you don't understand how I feel. I ache and hurt so bad that I'm not, I can't be used by the kingdom of God. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a lie of the devil. There's not one person that's on this planet that can't be used by God, no matter where they're at, physically or spiritually, or where they've been. God can change anything. 
and God wants to use you. You know, I've seen, and we've all seen it, you know, the, the gentleman who preaches the Word of God who has no arms and legs, uh, the one who has um, uh, cerebral palsy, um, that, you know, and he says that at the end of his message, I have cerebral palsy, what's your excuse? Come on, come on. There's nobody that God can't use for his honor and glory. No one. Paul was a murderer. He was a murderer. He was murdering Christians and God took him and shaped him and changed him into the image of Christ. And from that place, he became one who wrote many of the books of the New Testament through the power of the Holy Spirit and turned the world upside down. Come on. Come on. You do not speak over yourself that junk. Doesn't it say the tongue of the wise will bring health? You want to start walking in hell? Start speaking life over yourself. The enemy has put sickness on me, but I know, God, that you brought an abundant life through Jesus Christ. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you brought me life and brought it more abundantly. Start quoting Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, or, or Exodus 12 that says, um, I think I wrote it down here, maybe I didn't. 12, here's 15:26, or, or even Matthew 12, 15, as many that have, as you touched, this is Jesus, as many as he touched, are made perfectly whole. Thank you, Father. You have touched me with Jesus, and Jesus lives in me, and I am perfectly whole. Now, I know a lady called Mary Baxter. She's written many books. It took her 15 years to get out of her bed. She was really sick, but for 15 years, she proclaimed the Word of God every day, day in, day out. And after 15 years, a miracle happened. One who said they, she could never walk again, never get out of her bed, it's not only out of her bed, but it's traveling the word world for Jesus Christ. Whether you're stuck in a bed or not, it doesn't matter. The real thing is, is what's up here and are you living for Christ? And are you speaking the Christ in you? Or are you speaking death out of your mouth? Many, many times I've heard people speak sickness over them. And then the other thing, this is my pet peeve. I've done it before too. But people say, my diabetes is acting up. Really, why did you claim that? Why do you say mine? It's not yours. It's from the world, and it's a sickness that's put on you, but why say mine? Say, this thing from the world is getting on me, but I know Christ in me is stronger, and I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to be used for the glory of God. It's not yours. Don't claim it. Don't claim it. My this disease, and my that disease. Well, when you start saying it's yours... It becomes yours. You've said it. There's power in your mouth. My bad back. Well, really? How many times you say that over yourself, you know what's going to happen? you got a bad back. Instead of saying, I have some issues that the Lord is working through, and I've got healing inside of me. i got Jesus in me, and I know that he's working all things in through my back, and I know that there's healing happening in my back right now. And I know that I might not feel with, like it physically, but spiritually I'm going to walk in Christ, and this back is not going to hinder me in the name of Jesus. And I command this to go in Jesus' name, because Christ in me, the hope of glory, lives within this vessel. And you begin to speak these things and talk that way. You need to talk like Jesus. If he's in you, learn to talk like him. Learn the language of heaven. And the language of heaven that Jesus never, oh, woe is me, oh, how hard it is. 
I mean, come on, here's somebody who's walking on, his, on the way to the cross and is going to take the whole world's sin on his shoulders. Jesus healed everyone who was brought to him. I want to ask you a question. When Jesus came to live in you and you accepted him as Lord and Savior, was Jesus brought to you? Anybody? Was Jesus brought to you when you accepted him as Lord and Savior? Was he? The answer is yes. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> it, was Jesus brought to you when you accepted him? Yes. He heals everyone who's brought to him. The word is either lying or it's telling you the truth. And if you've been brought to him, his healing power is in you. Don't live within that garbage of sickness. The tongue of the wise brings health. Here's another one. Don't talk failure. You may have failed many times. But you know what? Failures really are nothing more than stepping stones into the kingdom of God. When a child falls down and skins her knee when they're first learning how to walk or run, was that a failure? Yeah, they hurt their knee, but they're learning how to walk. They're learning how to run. When you're ride, learning how to ride a bike and the, and the father or mother pushes off for the first time and lets them go, and oh no, you know, and sometimes they make it, sometimes they fall over. I had five kids. Probably three out of the five made it for a while. A couple of them fell, kept falling down all the time. Was their failures of falling down all the time bad? No, because it was teaching them how to ride. Every one of them rides a bike now. A lot of times our failures are nothing more than stepping stones to bring us closer into the image of Christ. Here's one that everybody probably knows, at least most of the older folks know. How many of you ever heard of Michael Jordan? Anybody heard of that guy, Michael Jordan, a basketball player? Matter of fact, I know his... Anyway. Michael Jordan is, was the greatest and is still the greatest basketball player as far as statistics that, that ever lived on the planet. But when he was in high school, he got cut from his high school basketball team. He wasn't good enough to play basketball. And so he went home and cried. And he, he tells a story. He went home and cried... And after he cried for a while, he began to speak over himself that I am the best basketball player that will ever live. I will work harder than anybody that ever lived. I'm going to be the best basketball player that ever lived. I will work harder. He began to work harder than any other person that he knew. He always went to practices, even though he wasn't part of the team. He, stayed, he was there early. He stayed after practice. He says, can I be on a squad of helping out the, the team? He got around the team. He got around basketball players. He played it. It was the thing that, that God put him on this planet for. So it was everything he did. He ate it, slept it, thank it all the time. Worked harder than anybody. And he became the greatest basketball player that ever lived. How did he do that? He began to speak it first. It even works for unsaved people. It's a principle in the kingdom. What comes out of your mouth you're going to eat, spiritually or physically? And I know that in the golfing world, I'll use that, some of the golfers, they teach them, I want you to see before you hit the ball, that ball that you're hitting going right onto the green and 
making a hole in one, or if you're driving it, that it's going to be a straight drive, and it's going to be farther than you've ever hit it before. And they teach you to, to see these things and then begin to speak them under your breath before you get up to the ball and you hit it. Duh. They're taking biblical principles and putting them into natural circumstances. Do you think that they don't work because somebody's using them and, and God's going to not let it work? This works for saved and unsaved folks. I'm giving you a principle today that if you believe it and you begin to use it, it'll change your life forever. And the greatest thing is, is stop speaking negative over yourself and over others and begin to speak the Word of God over yourself and others. If you have a problem with somebody, begin to speak the Word of God over them. Begin to bless them. Don't talk failure. Speak this, as it says in Colossians 1.29, Jesus Christ is working mightily in me, and he lives in me. Hallelujah. No matter what's happening, no matter what failures happened in my past, I'm not going to let failures of the past define who I am now. Amen? Don't talk about what the devil's done. We can acknowledge, Lucifer, we can acknowledge the devil that there is such a thing. But I see people that spend way too much time talking about the devil. Oh, the devil this. Oh, the devil that. And they're casting and binding. And oh, the devil's got this. And, and if you listen to them, you get tired of being around them because all they're talking about is the devil all the time. You know what? Talk about God. I want to focus on the things above, as it says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and not the things of this earth. I want my focus to be on God. I want my words to be on God. God is more powerful than the devil. Do we have an adversary? Yes. Do we know that he's a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour? Yes. Is he stronger than us personally? Yes. Is he stronger than us with Jesus? Absolutely not in no way. So Christ lives in me. So my attitude is, is that the perfect one lives in me, and he has no power. This enemy has no power over me. And so as I draw nigh to God, it says, he's going to draw nigh to me. It says, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. Don't build up him, because what you're doing when you talk about him all the time is you're giving him an access point, and you're making him like it's something important. And when he's important, he gets praise and honor for that, because we've made him important. He's always seeking praise and honor. If you talk about him too much, basically what you're doing is you're praising him and honoring him by giving him your time. He's not worth it. Jesus is worth our time. Amen? Talk about God. And more importantly, talk to God. I'm going to close with that. Let your words be in constant communication with God. God says this in Jeremiah 33.3. He says, Call on me, and listen to what he says. He's, when we call on him, when we talk to him, when we call out to him, I will answer you. God's saying that if we call out to him, he's going to answer us. Wouldn't, isn't that kind of cool? We get to talk to the creator of the universe, the almighty king of the universe, he's asking us to call on him. And when you do call on me, I'm going to talk back to you. And we're going to have a communication. And then he says this, 
Call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. I'm reading from the Amplified and it says, I will show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden things which you do not know, do not distinguish or recognize, have knowledge of or understand. What he will do is he will take you into places of wisdom and discernment that you've never been before. He's going to take you into places where his wisdom and revelation through the Christ living in you is going to saturate your very being. And you, as an image bearer of the one called the king of the universe, will get revelation knowledge directly from him, from him living in you. You'll begin to think like him. You'll begin to talk like him. You'll begin to act like him. But here's what it takes. It takes you spending time with him. And spending time with him, the best way I know it is to talk to him. You can't be intimate with somebody if you don't talk to them. Talk. There's power in our words. Ask them things. Ask God things. God, why did you do that? Why did this happen? You know, it's okay. Didn't he say to call on me? And he's going to answer you and show you great... You know what? Most of my answers from God come from questions. He answers our questions. So I throw a lot of questions at him. Probably through the day, I, I probably throw out hundreds of questions to God. Because I know that in my own flesh, I have no idea, but the one who lives within me, Christ, has all the answers. And I know that if I ask him, he said he's going to answer me. And I guarantee you that if you talk to God, he will answer you. Because he said it. And he's not a liar. God will answer you. Here's the other thing to be talking about. Again, if there's such power in words, and I don't want to shake some of you up, but here's something very important. God gave us a language of heaven called tongues. And a lot of people, I was talking to a guy last night, and he says, it sounds like devil words and stuff. What tongues really is, is the ability that God put in us of allowing the Spirit of God in us to bypass this flesh that's filled with all kinds of weird fleshly stuff and have direct communication. And it says that basically what's happening is we've got direct line communication into the kingdom of God, bypassing our fleshly nature. How many of us, when we start to pray, our mind goes off into weird things? How many of us, when you start to talk to God, that your mind just wanders? Talking in tongues, your mind doesn't wander because you're just speaking. And you're speaking these things. And if you begin to speak in tongues, what you're doing in your own prayer language is having direct communications. The other thing that I've done before and others have done it, I mean, I drove all the way to Grand Rapids and back just speaking in tongues, nothing else. I'm still driving. I'm still, the radio's on and everything. But the whole time there and then the whole time back, speaking in tongues. I mean, talk about being built up and edified because it says what happens is when you have that direct communication with God, you're getting infilled, you're getting edified and built up yourself. There is an importance to it. I know that um, Amy was saying she was down in Lansing uh, for the week and they, how many minutes a day were, were you guys speaking in tongues in that conference? Did you hear that? Three hours or more a day in tongues. There's something very deep spiritually that God gave us. He gave us a prayer language that is a direct line of communication to him. Can he hear your English? Of course he can. Can you hear if you're in a different language? Of course he can. But if you got a, a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit, 
that gives you a direct line to God, do you think it would be kind of smart to use it? Come on. And, and if we're only using it five and ten minutes a day, you can do dishes and be speaking in tongues the whole time. You can be driving your car. You could be working at your workplace and under your breath be speaking in tongues almost the whole day. Of course, you've got to communicate with other people and stuff. For a while, I was a postmaster. Of, and during my days as a postmaster, I would have never made it through if I didn't have my prayer language and talking to God and speaking in tongues. Every single issue that came up is usually a question. And then I begin to speak in tongues. And I always got an answer. Sometimes there weren't answers I liked. But there were answers. That's the other thing about God is God's going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. So if you're ready for the truth and if you're ready to have communication with God and if you're really ready to speak some directly into the kingdom of God, use your prayer language that he gave you. Every single person that has been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit should be using their prayer language. So I know there's a, some weird things out there that says, well, that's just a one-time infilling and then you don't get it again. The gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. That's Romans chapter, chapter 11. What he's given you, he'll never revoke or take back from you. He's given you a gift. The best words and the best thing for him to hear is you speaking in your prayer language directly to him, bypassing. The other thing, I know they've done tests, and Amy brought it up, and I've heard this before, but they put people basically in a test where people would speak English, and they'd listen to the brain waves, and they'd see the brain waves going as they're speaking English, Japanese, and all the different languages people would speak, and their brain waves would just be flowing. So their brain has to work, and your mind has to work to speak a language. But when you begin to speak in tongues, and once you begin to speak in tongues, you get past that few minutes of flesh part of it, because a lot of times, I'll be honest, you almost got to start kind of pushing yourself and almost like push through it. And maybe the first minute or two, maybe not for you guys, but for me, it can be flesh, because I'm just pressing. But once I get past that, they actually say that there's absolutely no brain waves working at all. Why have scientists found that there's no brain waves working when you're speaking in tongues? Because the inner man, the spirit, is bypassing the mind and talking directly to God. The fastest way to get off of that, my mind is filled with this thought. My mind is filled with that thought. I can't seem to pray. I can't seem to ever... I have a hard time reading my Bible. I can't do that. I can't do that. My mind just is filled with a thousand thoughts. Begin to speak in tongues. And that'll break off some of that. Amen? This was the practical side of, again, let me read it again. Colossians 3, 17. And we could have put anything in here. It could have been our thoughts. It could have been any other issue. But again, 3.17 says, Let every activity, every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. And bring a constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done to you. And Colossians 4, 6, Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. I'm going to close. If I could have um, Amy come up and begin to play quietly. This was a practical message. Uh, kind of, you know, how do we allow... 
Christ than to work through us and speak through us? Well, it, it takes some yielding and it takes some work. I'm not going to say it's going to happen to you overnight, but it, like any habit that we create, it takes some time. And it also takes time to break habits. When you catch yourself saying something negative, grab it as fast as you can and repent from it and say, well, I didn't mean that, whoops, and then say the thing that you should have said in the Spirit. That's probably the easiest and fastest way. Listen for what you're saying. A lot of times we just speak and we say things that just kind of like are by habit. Stop and think about what you're saying before you say it. Your words are creative. And the creative one called not only Jesus, but what is one of the words for Jesus Christ? Somebody said it over there. What is, what is his name? The Messiah, that's a good word. What's his name? He is called the Word. He's got many names, but he's called the Word. Why is he called the Word? The Word of God lives in you. And the Word of God wants his words to flow out of you. And has given you everything to do it. If you yield it yourself to him. The great word of God, King Jesus, the Messiah, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the one that when he spoke, healing came. When he spoke, come on, there was power. And there's power in that name. We're saying power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word. There's power in the word. Let's all stand. We're going to close. Some of you today have been hurt. Some of you are still carrying around some of that baggage and some of that hurt. Some of you have been hurt by people and their words and their actions and their deeds. And I want that, right now, I'm going to ask that that just be broken over you. So if you've been hurt before, just raise your hands up right now like a funnel. I'm going to ask right now, Father God, those who have ever been hurt by words, those who have ever been hurt by people, right now, I would just ask that your liquid love be poured into their hearts through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and that the Christ within them well up within them and that they see and speak in themselves who they truly are and then that those brokenness and the hurt and the pain that's been on them leave in the mighty name of Jesus. You must not fill that place in them anymore so that realm is being filled with the love of Christ that area that they kept in bitterness or in anger or in hurt is being saturated with the love of God right now we just thank you Father as the old kid saying says sticks and stones may break my bones but names come on words can't hurt me the word of God never came to hurt you the word of God came to build you up to edify you and to strengthen you to make you one with him the words of man have no power over the words of God it's just a matter of which one do you choose to rule and reign in your life 
So I speak abundant life in the Word of God over you right now. Those who maybe have had some trouble with their tongue, right now I just ask you, Father, to touch their mouths. Just like Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. And the angel of the Lord came and grabbed that tongue, or grabbed that with the tongs, grabbed that fiery coal out of the fire and put it on his lips and purified his lips. I see a purifying in your life right now. I speak purity over you. I speak pure words over you. I speak godly words over you. I speak that the coals of fire of God will just cleanse your mouth and your lips and that your words will be drenched with the anointing of the Holy One. We just thank you, Father, for that. And last, if there's some of you here that just have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and received the gifts, the gift of tongues, um, today you, you will receive that if you ask for it. It says, if you ask, God will give it to you. So if you want that today, I will make the altars available and you will receive it today. If you believe that he will give it to you. So we were going to make sure that nobody leaves here without having that gift, that gift from God. Prayer language, the tongues, but more importantly, the power of the Holy Spirit living in your life. Is there anyone here today that just, I want to make sure of this too, that wants to make sure that Jesus does live in them, that you know that Jesus Christ the King of Glory lives within you and that you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior. You may have crowded Him out a bit here and there, but is He in you? Have you accepted Him? Have you with your own words? Because it says by the words of your mouth, you need to speak it. I accept you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I accept your blood sacrifice on the cross for me. I accept the great exchange. I give you my sin and death and my corruption for all of your righteousness. I make the exchange. I allow your blood to cover me, that liquid love of God to just flow and cover me in the name of Jesus. If you want to make sure of that today, it's important. It's important. Raise your hand high if, if you want to make sure of that today, if that's you. Okay, I see that hand. You can put that hand down. Raise that hand high if you want to make sure of that today. I see a hand in the back there. You can put that hand down. I see hands up that are praising the Lord too. That's okay. You can continue to leave your hands up. Father, there's been a few folks that raised their hand and we just want to make sure of this. This is the most important time of this meeting with you. You said all heaven rejoices when they come into your kingdom. A new child is made. So I'm going to ask all of us to say this together and especially those who raise their hand. Repeat after me. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. I give you all my junk, all my sin, all the crud in my life. I accept your sacrifice. I accept your blood offering. I accept your righteousness. Come and take control of me. Fill me with all of you as I yield all of this stuff to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. For you loved me and gave yourself for me. 
I accept you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to have the altars open right now.